Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case File 36, Donald Pennington. I'm Brittany. And I'm Carrie. And we are Lone Star 187. We're Welcome back, back some bitches. So we went on an adventure last weekend. Yes, we did. To a his house in D-Town. And his house in D-Town? Are you, is this, who are we, is this Gangster Brittany? Yeah. Is <laughs> okay. What up? Just call me a little B. <laughs> from the street. And I'm Big K. <laughs> Little B and Big K. There we go. That's our alias. I feel like those are like slang for candy bars or something. Maybe. It's yeah. all right. It's all right, Little B. Just keep rolling with it. So the house is in Dallas. So we are in Dallas is where we are at. We're not traveling very far. The date is November of 2005. Oh, we're not in the summer anymore? Well... I don't know if this oh, is the murder date. November, so we're in November right now. What did you say the date was again? 2005. So November what of 2005? Um, you don't have an exact date? No, just no, November of 2005. We so 15 years ago. 15 years ago. So we have a woman by the name of Nikisha Kelly, and she um, is a single woman living in Arlington with her sister. And early in 2005, she's like, you know what? That is the children in the background. Her children. My children yelling at her children. A bunch of kids running around. Damn it. It's Friday night at the Big K and Little B's house. <laughs> so she decides that she, Nikisha decides, I'm going to, I want to get a place of my own. I live with my sister, which, you know, as an adult, you want a place of your own, mm-hmm. right? So she starts going around Dallas and she didn't want to live too far from her family, just like us. She wants to live close enough that if her dad needs her or her aunts or her sister needs her, she's within driving distance. She can be there in, in you know, no time. So she found a house in Dallas. And it was kind of a fixer-upper, but she's like, you know what? I think for my first house, this is a good investment. I can make it my own, and I can change things if I want. I can paint. I can add stuff. And her uncle did renovations, so she had someone she knew that could help her. Um, And when she went to look at it, she's like, you know, this is a really good price. Like, do you all know why they're selling this house such a cheap price? And the realtor's like, well, actually, it's in foreclosure. So you're going to get it from the bank. So, you know, I mean, it's been sitting for a while, and... She goes, she decides she's going to get it, but with her credit, she had to have her dad actually put it in his name. But she paid the bills, she paid the mortgage, she paid the insurance, but it was, the loan was actually in his name. And uh, he he basically put in his name and her name's on it too, but he was the primary. So that means he, oh, he was a primary, so he co-signed for her. Basically, yeah, so that she could get the loan. She's really excited and, you know, to have her own house and, you know, make it her own. They did the inspections. Everything came back fine. So she's like, you know, why would somebody leave this beautiful home? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's really pretty. It's a good layout. It's in like a more South Dallas. The, a lot of the homes are really beautiful. They're older homes. And she's like, lots of trees and everything. I mean, yeah. it was a really nice neighborhood as we drove through there. And, yeah. you know, she's like, it's not like it has something wrong with it. Sometimes they sit in foreclosure because nobody wants to mm-hmm. fix it. And she said, you know, the neighborhood was was nice. There were a lot of older people, so it seemed like they'd lived there since the houses were built. There weren't a lot of, didn't look like there was a lot of young people or any kind of parties going on. So she's like, it's a really, it's a perfect area for me to, you know, start a life. So she took her dad and her sister to the house to see and get some stuff moved in and kind of get, have her dad get his opinion on what she should fix first and that stuff. So 
They get there. When they arrive, she sees that her front door is busted open. And oh, one of the windows on the side is broken. And, you know. Had she moved in at this point? Or she's, she's not in the process? In. She's oh. in the process. So this okay. is the first time since she's bought it that she has the keys. Okay. And she's taken her sister and her dad to go look at it. Okay. So her dad's like, you know, I know this is a safe area as far as the crime over here and, you know, the neighbors and stuff. But I just don't really feel safe you staying here until we fix these doors and windows. Mm-hmm. And she felt, you know, it's November, it's cold outside. It could be a homeless person saw it's been vacant for a while. Maybe they broke in to get warm, what have you. But I just don't feel like it's anything bad. So I, I feel safe. So uh, two weeks later, she continues getting her stuff together. And um, Nikisha and her uncle and her mom are all at her house, you know, like we all do, right? We all get together. Mm-hmm. And so they're working in the house and the police arrive at the door and um, they said she answered the door and they're like oh yeah we just got a call for a break-in in progress and she's like no sir right. I own this house like I just bought it I just got the keys less than a month ago and you know I already made my first payment my mortgage payment mm-hmm. so I don't really see you know what the problem is um, and they're like well we this is the right address so like do you want if we look around so they go inside they look around and she's like you know I, I started to get irritated she's like you know I didn't make any call Maybe you have the wrong house. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. So as the police left, Nikisha noticed a very tall black man standing at the end of her driveway. About six foot tall, 300 pounds. And she's like, who is that? Like, he was wearing overalls, real dirty. And she's like, maybe he's homeless. Maybe he's the one that broke in before. Yeah. Maybe he's seeing the police were called. And he's like, whoa, like, I guess I better leave that place house. I guess that house now has somebody living in it. You know, or maybe he thought he saw somebody break in. Who knows? So she sees this man. She's like, okay, well. She didn't feel threatened by him. She didn't talk to him or anything, but, and then he just kind of left. Well, while the police were still there, her neighbor next door, her name is Miss Jackson. (laughs) I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. (laughs) So she comes by and she said, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, welcome to the neighborhood, but you need to be careful of that man. His name is Donald Pennington and he used to live in that house Mm -hmm. many years ago. Previous owner. So I just want you to be careful about him. Like he used to live there and I don't want you to be surprised or anything like that. Just just fair warning. Like don't approach him. Just leave him be. She's like, okay, whatever. Weeks go by. Holidays go by. And she still sees him. Not every day, but almost every other day, a couple times a week. Just standing out there watching her house. And she could tell he was like talking to himself, but she couldn't really tell what he was saying. And he wouldn't say anything directly to her. But, you know, she felt kind of uncomfortable and starting to feel like she was being stalked or watched mm. you know like when she got in her he's car always there yeah and not to the point where he would get up in her yard but he was at the end of you know at the end of her driveway like just where it was that's some creepy you're shit. crossing the lines at that point you know like you're always outside this house and she was out taking her trash or going outside for some reason and she just looked down she's like i'm not scared of you i'm not going anywhere so i don't know why you keep coming over here She's like, I just want to let him know. Good for her. I'm yeah. scared of you. Yeah. You know, I'm not scared of whatever BS you have going on. Whatever. So fast forward to March of 2006. So now she moved in in November 2005. So she's been there about five months. And she started receiving mail to her house with his name on it. Current bills, medical bills, insurance, all kinds of mail that was new mail to his to the house with his name on it. But so she wasn't getting his mail initially. Mm-mm. She just started getting it after she moved in. Yeah. That is more creepy And she's like, what the hell, you know? This fool. So then she receives a letter from the Dallas County of an eviction notice to her house. wait, she bought it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's, every time she goes to the mailbox, he's outside. She goes to take the trash out, he's outside. She mows the lawn, 
He's outside. Okay, this guy's not mentally well. No, obviously. Definitely not. But he has a shit together enough to have his oh. medical bills sent to where he wants mm-hmm. and have her potentially evicted mm-hmm. from her own house. Mm-hmm. And call the police about a break-in to his house that she bought. So she And goes- maybe all of the documentation hasn't been processed yet. It's only been a few months. Transfer of ownership and all that. Maybe that's still in litigation mm-hmm. and it takes a while, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. So um, a couple of the times when she's been outside, she's heard him saying, this is my house. This is my house. This is my house. And so she's oh, like, shit. okay, I don't know what his tie is to this house, but he's got to get past it because this is my house. Like I pay for it. I live here. I fixed it. This is mine. So she goes to court and they tell her, unfortunately, the paperwork that Don filled out was incorrect. So the case is dismissed. Of like, course. They were, we're not even going to look at it's it. It's her house. Yeah. Like they didn't even go that far. They just said what he turned in doesn't. What he filled out and gave to us isn't enough to even have a case. So we're not even going to look okay. at it further. It's dismissed. So then he really doesn't have his shit together yeah. then. So if he can't fill out so the paperwork correctly. He's closed. So as they're walking out. Is he there in court that day? Oh, yeah. He's there. And so as they're walking out, Donald approaches Nikisha and her dad because she brought her dad with her to court. Mm-hmm. And they're staring there. And she's like, I've never had this man. So first of all, just a, just a side note. I got all this from a documentary on an, the ID channel. There's a series called Obsession Dark Series. And this is her account of what happened. Okay. So firsthand knowledge. And then, of course, I did some. There wasn't a lot in the newspaper. Like, this is one we would have never heard of. I didn't find anything. I found one news article. And no videos, no news, no 911 calls. I couldn't find anything else. But it's just the documentary. Okay. So she's like, you know, I, I had seen him, you know, at the end of my driveway and maybe 10, 15 feet away. But... He was. She had never been that close to him. Like she said, he was very scared. So one of his eyes was messed up, and it kind of slunk down. And she said he was very filthy. He smelled. She's like, he is not someone you want to catch in a back alley. Mm. You know, she's like, he was someone you just want to just. She let him could just be. feel that this is not. Yeah. Just let him be wherever he's going to be. Just let him do what he's going to do, and just don't bother him. So Nik- Nikisha got in his kind of got in his face and was like, "This is my house." I bought it. It's in my name. So you leave me alone. And he lunged at her and called her a bitch. And he was like, you need to get out of my house. He did this in a public place. In front of her dad. And you know, daddies don't play with their daughters. So of course her dad got in there and was like, hey, 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 you need to go on. And then he gets on to her. He's like, why'd you have to mess with that man? (laughs) And he's like, just just keep your mouth shut. Maybe I just felt like if I told him and put him in his place, maybe he'd finally get it. Like maybe these people that maybe people lived here before, if he did this to them, then maybe they didn't, maybe they were too scared to say something. But I'm not scared to say something. This is my house. I've worked for it. It's mine. Do you know if someone lived in there before she did, but after he did? Yes, I'll get there. Okay. She gets summoned to court two more times. For the same bullshit. Same BS. Eviction. And every time they dismiss it. She shows proof. I live here. This is, this is. So all the other this. times he did have his paperwork filled out correctly Correct. to where they moved forward. Yeah, and they were dismissed. And because At least he can learn. And so apparently he had a driver's license with that his, had that, that had the address. So because he had that and he had. Was it a current driver's license? It wasn't expired. Okay. Um, because well, they don't really ask you for proof of residency no. after you already have it. They just say, do you still live at this address? Yeah. And if you wanted to go online and change your address, they don't require a bill to show that you live there. You can make your address wherever you want. Yeah. So, um, every time. So she's having to pay a lawyer every time she goes because she wants to make sure she That's does bullshit. it right. So she has to take off of work. And she was like an engineer. She did, um, she, uh. Uh-oh. You said she, she was. She, at this time, she was an engineer. 
And she drew like really cool uh, like pipes and stuff, like the measurements of different pipes for layouts underground, and then would take them places. Nice. So she's like, you know, I have to take off work, and it's just always it's just getting to the point where I can't handle it anymore. So she gets a fourth request to go to court. She's like, forget I'm that. I'm not going. I'm not going. You're going to review the case. I'm not. I'm not going. So she doesn't go. So when she leaves court, uh, or after she gets the fourth request, she's like, this guy she isn't going to let up. So. Miss Jackson has lived here a long time, so she already warned me about him. I'm going to go talk to her. Maybe there's something she knows I don't. Maybe there's a remedy that she knows about mm-hmm. I don't. So she goes over there, and she's like, hey, you lived here a long time. What's the story? She's like, well, actually, I lived here before Donald lived here. Oh, okay. And he moved into the house in 1995. So that would have been 10 years before Nikisha moved in. And mm-hmm. she said he lived here with his wife. Okay. She said him and his wife were always fighting. She said he used to beat her all the time. She said I would hear it and I'd call the police. And multiple times she would she wouldn't say, Oh, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But she said I wasn't about to lay at bed at night and wonder if he was gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. So if I heard fighting or I heard glass breaking, I called. I called the police. Good for her. And I didn't care how many times the police had to come out. I wanted to make sure she was okay. Well, one of the final times he did, he broke her arm. And bad. And so I guess at that point, she had to go to the hospital and it was documented. So he got in trouble. And, and there was a jail. history of all the times they were called there. Mm-hmm. Good so job, Miss Jackson. He, thank you, Miss Jackson. <laughs> so he gets arrested and he goes to jail. And he is in jail for a year. While he's in jail, the wife packs up and leaves. She bails. Good for her. And she She's like, this is my opportunity to get the fuck out of here. So she leaves without telling him anything. So when he got out. Oh, he snaps. So he goes to his house and somebody else is living there. Okay. So. Did the wife sell the house? Did she rent it? Like I what? I guess she probably sold it and she just left. So when he got there to his home that he's known, there's this other family there. And ever since then, he hasn't been able to let it go. Oh, shit. Okay. So there so, was. Okay. He just can't let it go. He couldn't leave it alone. And she said he would harass whoever lived there. And so they'd move. And that's why this house wasn't for close because nobody would buy it. They tried to rent it and people would live there for a Why didn't weeks. the cops do anything? You know, I'm going to get to that. It's pretty ridiculous. So he also had a history of being bipolar. Because every time he showed up on my driveway, I'd be calling the damn cops. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Previous owners would come home and he'd be inside their house watching TV, sleeping on their couch, eating their food. Get the hell out. Miss no. um, Jackson told her... Uh, you know, I'm here if you need anything, but just be careful. I don't know what he's capable of. I mean, he broke his wife's arm and he would just go in people's houses and he acted like he lived there. He would clean it and whatever you do in your home, he would do in their home. Or if he did see something. Do you not have any kids or any other family that he could go to? No one else. It's really sad, actually. So anytime she was out there, he's still out there watching her in the house. And she got to the point where she's like, you know what? This house ain't even worth it. I'm just going to sell it. I'm not, it's not worth putting up with this anymore. The cops aren't going to do anything. But she's like, you know what? Then he wins. And then mm-hmm. he's going to terrorize another family. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing's going to start over again. And I don't have kids. I don't have anyone to put in. So, you know what? No. This is my house. Good for this her. This is my first house. And I'm going to do whatever I can to protect it. So, I'm staying. So, in June of 2006, which would have been seven months after she moved in. Eight months. Um, Dallas County served her with a notice to vacate the premises within three days. It's not going to Oh, because she ignored the fourth. And because she didn't go to the fourth case, he won by default. But it's not even his house. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. Doesn't matter. She didn't show up to plead her case. But it's not his fucking house. But she wasn't there to defend herself. But she did it three times before and they didn't That's do anything. That's a case. This is a whole nother case. Oh my God. This is already pissing me off. Whole nother case. I'm done. <laughs> this is it. That's it. 
Wait, snapping? Shit! Snapped. <sighs> bitch! Okay. That's why we're not women to be stalked, because we ain't gonna put up with they, it. They, people aren't gonna stalk us for no. very long. She goes to the courthouse, and they're like, sorry, he won by default judgment, you didn't go. You weren't there to plead your case. He could have said anything, and he would have won, because you weren't there to, because it's civil case. Right, it's not criminal. And so, so that like, means if if I have a neighbor that I don't like mm-hmm. and somehow I can go get a license with their address on it, I can go file a complaint that they are not paying their mortgage, even though the fucking bank will show that they're paying the mortgage. They're not gonna talk to the bank. It's a civil case. But it's like if you I, can just go get anybody evicted from their fucking house. I could sue you for whatever reason I want. You can sue me, but yeah. how can you get me evicted from my own house? It's a civil case. It's not criminal. You don't need I as still much, don't understand how don't, that's legal. Because if I go to them and I say, hey, now he probably has more than just a license. He probably, oh, because he also. You can't uh, just go say a bunch of shit. You have to prove. Well, he, he I'm sure he had to have multiple documents, but um, I'm sure he probably had old insurance papers on it. He may have even had the old deed of the house. Yeah, but it's not his house anymore. So how does he even have a right to do anything? Sounds like some bullshit. So she tells the, the court, she's like, I've been here three times and you dismissed all cases. And they tell her, well, this is a separate case that you can take you back to court for the same thing over and over and over again. Because it's civil. It's just money. Well, then our court system is fucked. It's stupid. Yeah. They said he has a, a driver's license with his address on it. So he's able to say, I live here and someone won't get out of my house. This person won't leave. And I can't serve her with an eviction notice because she won't answer the door. Right? Like if you have somebody living in your house and you give them an eviction notice... They don't leave. You can call the police, right? So she goes to, to the Dallas County Courthouse. Don't tell me she gets evicted because I'm going to be fucking done. She goes to the county courthouse and she's like, you know what? I want every police report to that address. And they're like, how far you want us to go back? And she said, take me back as far as you can take me. I want to know. How about 1995? Every, from now to 1995. I want to know every police, every time a police step foot on that property, I want a report. And I want his history and I want his criminal record. I want it all. So she gets all of it. And she starts looking through and she's like, Miss Jackson was right. I mean, there was countless abuse calls, countless, countless, countless harassment, 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 where he stayed in jail and all of that. All of that was in the records. So they go back to court and she shows all the supporting documentation. So they, of course, overturn the eviction and they grant her a 500 foot restraining order that he can't come within 500 feet of that house. And if he calls again, you guys are going to not listen to him because I've proven that this is all bullshit. Right. She basically says like this, I'm done with this. This I'm not coming to court again and you're not taking my house. Right. Stop bothering me. I'm paying my mortgage. There's no eviction. Yeah, she even says in the documentary, she's like, you know what? The crazy thing is, is I wasn't getting evicted by a bank. That's I wasn't the thing. getting evicted. That, I think that's what I was getting by at. By a mortgage company. If the mortgage, I can understand the mortgage company filing eviction papers, mm-hmm. but some random person that has no no ties to the house besides a fucking bill and your driver's license, mm-hmm. that's really, really flimsy. Yeah. And so while the judge is telling him, do not go within 500 feet of um, Nikisha or the home, he starts getting belligerent and he's mad. That's my house. I don't want her in my house. And so the judge tells him, I will send you back to jail. And he said, I ain't scared of jail. I've been. I ain't scared to go back. (laughs) Okay, then. He's got two homes. One that's not his in jail. (laughs) He doesn't like either one of them. He doesn't really want either one. Of course, the restraining order does not stop him. He still keeps going back to the I mean, I knew he wasn't going to stop. She calls the police. They come. He's not there. There's no proof he's been there. He hasn't hurt her. He hasn't committed a crime. There's no proof. So it's it's this awful cycle that does nothing. And she contacted police, she contacted courts, she contacted the mental hospitals, saying there's a man, needs to be committed, there's something wrong with him, he's not taking medication, he could hurt somebody. 
No, she's like, nobody got on board. No one. She said, I blew up their telephones and nobody cared. Isn't this a time where you like give them a drink, a special drink? I don't know nothing about no special drink. Okay. Unless it's got tequila. So fast forward to December of 2007. So this is a year and so a half So she later. dealt with this she all this time. It. Yeah. It just kind of became her way of life. Donald Pennington is picked up by a policeman in downtown Dallas for loitering. And he goes to the ER. He gets some help. They give him medication for bipolar and depression. They set him up with a mental clinic. He doesn't go. So April 2007, four months later. Well, if he's in downtown Dallas, he's not at her house bothering her. Sure. Um, he gets arrested for aggravated assault. And the police report shows that he pulled a knife on one of his friends because he felt he shorted him $5 worth of fried chicken. <laughs> That's what he told the policeman. He took, I gave him $5 to get me some a box of fried chicken, and what he brought me was not worth $5. At least he's not complaining about not getting enough crack or cocaine or No, weed. this man was gigantic. Okay. He's huge. So his friend, Sammy Childs, is the one who he pulled a knife on. He's like, I don't know what happened. He said, when I when he opened that box of chicken, something snapped. And he started talking <laughs> crazy. And he pulled a knife on me. And they arrested him, but they didn't keep him. My thing is, is like, why didn't they, why didn't he get charged with something? Like, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I mean, he's already spent one year in jail for beating his wife and breaking her arm. I mean, couldn't they have kept him? Or couldn't they have said, why are you so angry? We also have all these reports of you not keeping your restraining order. You're Maybe you need to go to... Uh, Green Oaks for a little bit and stay. Green Oaks is a mental facility in case anybody didn't know. Stay there for a little bit and maybe get some mental help and you won't be stuck in this awful routine that's not good for you and stuck it's not good past. for her. It's you know? Stuck in, in the past. In November 2007, this is shortly after. So it's been two years. Yep, she's been in the house for two years. So it's November 2007. She arrives home and as she's walking up to the door, she sees a man trying to break into her house. And she's like, oh, hell no. So she walks up and she calls out him. She's like, I don't know what you're doing. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just here to give the man an estimate on some burglar bars for his windows. Are you kidding me? And she's like, burglar bars? I didn't call nobody. He's like, no, you didn't call. That man called. And Donald Pennington, he steps forward and he said, I don't want. She keeps getting into my house. And so I want burglar bars put up to keep her out of my house. You know, that guy's probably so fucking confused. Like, yeah, right. I don't know who to believe right now. So she t- she tells him, she said, you have a restraining order and you're not supposed to be on my property, nor are you supposed to be concerned with me or my house. And I will call the police and you'll go back to jail. He's like, I don't care. I don't okay. care. Just stay right here and let me call the police. Because so she calls the police. When they get there, he's gone. He's gone. So she says, please call this man. He will tell you that he was on my property. He will tell you he called him to put up burglar bars on my home. To keep me out of my own house. My own house. The cops leave and they make a report, but the guy didn't get a good look at Donald Pennington. He doesn't know who Donald Pennington is. So he's like, he was a tall African-American man with some overalls on. They can't prove that's the same person. (laughs) Even though he has a phone number that he called from, the address he gave him, all that. And he has a history of doing this kind of shit to her and probably is always wearing the same pair of overalls. Mm -hmm. Who else? Let's, Let's do a little quick... A poll about whoever, who else in the neighborhood wears overalls? Probably no one else. Okay. So that's a clue. DPD. Yeah, that's especially it's two years into her living there and he's still wearing overalls. Probably the same pair. Probably. So she decides, you know what? I'm going to get me a Rottweiler. I'm going to get me a dog. There you go. And he's going to protect me. She named him Bronx. Bronx. I'm going to get him and he's going to help me. And at least if somebody comes in my yard, I'll hear it. I'll know. Maybe I can call the police. And maybe if Donald doesn't know that I know he's out there, maybe he'll stay. Mm-hmm. 
So she gets a dog. And so her dad comes over and he's like, you know what? I'm really glad that, you know, you got the dog, but I really wish you'd just come home and stay with us for a little bit. Maybe he'll get tired of coming around with you not here. He's not going to get tired. And she's like, no, this is my house and I'm not leaving. And so he's like, fine, if you're not going to listen, then have my gun. I want you to have a gun. Bought this gun for you. I'll teach you how to use it. But you don't know what he's capable of. He's bigger than you. And mm-hmm. you just don't know. And a dog can help you, but I just would rather it's better you, be safe. Rather be safe. So he teaches her how to use it. And she's like, okay, you know, she learns how to use it. And so the harassment continues. Let me go through the list of the things he does <sighs> for the next almost two years. Okay. He calls tow trucks to come tow <laughs> cars from her property when her friends are over. So her friends would go outside. <laughs> I know that's bad, but that's I know. funny. He would call and he'd be like, there, there's unexpected cars in my driveway. And when they'd pull up, he'd show them the address. Here's my license. This is my house. I don't know whose car that is. No problem. They'd tow the car. Of course, because they get money. Yeah. They don't know. Um, he would go into the neighboring homes beside her or behind her, around her, and go and sleep in, on their couches or eat their food. Because she, I guess he felt like maybe she had had enough of him. He would move her trash cans. So she had to keep calling the city. This guy has nothing else going on. So fast forward to June of 2009. Nikisha goes out with some of her friends. They went to Cheddar's. Had some drinks. Let loose. Had some marks. Had some marks. And when she gets home, her front door's open. And she's like, what the hell? So she goes inside and her dog has been shot. (gasps) What? He's bleeding everywhere. And she's like, oh my God. And, you know, of course her first instinct is, it's Donald. I don't even, you don't have to ask me. I already know. So she calls the police. They get there. Her computer was gone, her DVD player was gone, some jewelry was gone, and her gun was gone. So she's like, this lunatic has broken into my house, taken the two things from me. Well, that were protecting that me. Were, now, my Bronx gun does recover. He, he, okay, he, he is better. But he and my gun together was, was what kept me safe, and he, he's hurt my dog, and he's taken my gun. Now, I have a gun on the loose in the hands of a mentally disturbed person, and I don't know what to do. So Security she's like, camera. You know what? I'm going to go save my sister. Is my sister. I can't deal with this right now. He's got a gun. I don't know what he's going to do if he comes back. So she leaves. And she's gone for about three months. Because she just can't. She can't deal with it. He wins, though. So in September. He probably was just like, this is what I wanted. Now I get to go live inside this house. Because she's probably still paying rent. Still paying electricity. So you're just saying, okay, you win. Mm-hmm. Go in. Yeah. So she leaves. And so takes us to our night in question. September 9th of 2009. Nine, nine, nine. Turn it upside down. What you got? So she goes... What is today's date? 11... 13th? It's Friday the 13th, bitches. Okay. Sorry, continue. So she... September 9th, 2009. I'm sorry, 2008. So she goes back home, and she's sitting on the couch on the phone with her dad. And so she goes, and he's not there. He's not there. So she goes back home, and she's been home for a little while. Before this night happens. So this isn't the first night back? No. Okay. So she's at home. Her dad's checking on her. She's on the phone with her dad on the couch. And she sees somebody messing with the front door. And she's like, Dad, I got to go. I got to call 911. I got to go. Someone's at my door. I guess Donald's back. So she hangs up. She calls 911. And as she's on the phone with 911, she goes and gets her gun. Because her dad got her another gun. Mm -hmm. She goes and gets her gun. She goes, starts walking towards the door. And a man opens her door. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just a locksmith. This man got locked out of his house. So I was trying to open the door for him. And she was like, what are you talking about? So while she's on the phone with 911, she walks outside and there's Donald standing on her, like, you know how the porch was? Just right there at the end of her porch. And she tells him, get off my porch. And she tells 911, you need to get here quick. 
I don't know what's going to happen, but I have an intruder. He's standing right in front of me. He he just called this locksmith. You have a restraining order. He, he is not supposed to be here. And if you don't come quick, I don't know what's going to happen. So she tells him, get off my property. So he walks towards her. And so she fires a warning shot. And she said, if you come any closer to me, I'm I will shoot you. shoot you. So he lunges at her. And she shoots twice. Good for her. She shoots him once in the chest and once in the head. Mm. And he turns around and he walks off the property and then collapses. So she tells them, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. You know, so when the police get there, they arrest her. They take her downtown. They ask her what happened. And they ask her, like, for a reenactment. They want to know exactly what happened. And she told them, you know. And so the DA felt like between the now and And they had shit to witness the the guy, the the locksmith. He was scared. He's gone. He took off. He didn't <laughs> hang around. He was gone. What a chicken shit. Right. I mean, he saw a little bit, but he didn't see the actual shooting. He heard it, but he didn't see it. But if she, if he's there and she comes out with a gun, you can't leave. He was gone. I he wouldn't left. leave. I'd be like, girl, what you need? I'm right here. I'll get, I'll get behind you. But between all the stories, they felt like, obviously, it was self-defense. Look at the mounds of evidence we have. Mm-hmm. And he and was he on was her property. much bigger than her. And she warned him. Yeah. And especially with the past mounds. Everything's on the 911 call, so mm-hmm. it was all... Yep. Recorded. Yep. So, unfortunately, he did pass away. But. Oh, no. No. So, here's here's the thing. I was reading a couple of different articles on this case. So, we have the self-defense, right? She's got years of harassment mm-hmm. and stalking. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have all of that breaking in, shot her dog, assaulted another person. I don't feel bad for him. He fucking asked for it. But then we have some other pieces, like, was it premeditated? Like, did she get the gun so she could shoot him? So no, she, she got enough? she got the gun to protect herself. So just playing devil's advocate. I know, right? I know. Like there are a couple of people that were saying in a couple of different like group chats of about course. this. They're like, maybe it's premeditation because I'm out of one call. She says she tells him this is the last time you'll ever be on my property. Well, I mean, what what else was she supposed to do? And prior to seeing him, she came out of the house cursing his name because she knew, right? Like I she mean, knew. And then they're like, she fired three shots, one morning and two shots, one in mm-hmm. the chest and one in the head. She gave him a chance to get the fuck off her property. And, and he didn't. she went outside knowing he would be there. She should have stayed inside and called the police. No. How many times like, did that? I'm like, okay. I hate it when people do that Me too. shit. Me too. So put put them in that situation. Well, I wouldn't have been able to put up with is, that long. In September of 2009, that's four years she's been there. And he's there every freaking day. And you she can, had to leave her house for three months for sanity's sake. Yeah, just uh, one time was three months. So you were reading the forums and people are being assholes. I was so irritated because I'm like, it's easy to say like, I mean, yeah, he did have a mental problem. And I, I blame. He couldn't help it. I blame the court systems and I blame the, I blame the, um, the mental facilities. I know they're probably overpacked. I'm sure he probably didn't have any money. Maybe he was on disability because he obviously had money. I mean, now remember they tried to help him and he wouldn't let them. Well, but so there comes a point where somebody is so mentally disturbed that they're not going to come on their own. I mean, he obviously knew how to make appointments because he made every court date, right? And he, I mean, I don't think he was as crazy as it sounds because he was screwing around with her because he only called to have cars towed when she had friends over. He didn't have her car towed, and he had called locksmith to change the locks when she wasn't there i i think he just had nothing think, else to do you don't think he had lucid moments where or like where he thought it was still his house and he would walk up to get in and was like oh i can't get in let me call locksmith i no? don't think so i could be wrong it seems very deliberate to me mm-hmm. it, it's too if he really had moments where he thought that was still his house he would have called a tow truck her car true. why was it just other people's cars and not hers that's true and why didn't he try to go in there when she was in there? It was always when she was gone. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. Anyway. Yeah. 
I mean, I hate that he had to lose his life. I hate that. Me I mean, she warned him, and that I just wish that the court system would have been like, this man obviously is demented. We are the law. That's what we are. Why can't we get a social worker involved and put him in like a like a Halfway almost house, like a sober so. living kind of place, yeah. but for for mentally disabled and figure out. I mean, obviously, he has abandonment issues. His wife abandoned him and told, didn't tell him where he was going, and that's the last place that... But you can't blame her for that because no, no, she no. got her ass beat. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm just yeah. saying from him, like... His perspective, He yeah. obviously beat her, so there's anger issues and all that, but then he gets back to the one place he knew where his wife was, and she's gone, and so I'm sure he's probably thinking, if I let somebody live here, and she comes back, and I'm not here... What's going to happen? Because he doesn't understand that she left him because he's a crazy psycho that beat her, you know? I understand that, and I'm I'm sad for him. Yeah, I feel bad for him, too. I feel like part of it was, it was like 80% mental disability and 20% rage. Like, I think he was trying to take out on her, his wife, the things that happened to him. Maybe going, breaking in and going inside and eating the food and made him feel like it was his house again. But he did that to the neighbors, so that's bullshit. Like, I mean, it would be different if he only did it there, but he did it to the houses on either side. Like, can you imagine, like, oh, my neighbor's back again, (laughs) eating my chicken noodle soup? I I mean, I feel like I hate that this happened to him, but I really do feel like that was going to happen to him, whether it was her or Mm -hmm. the next people that live there or even the next people that live there. Mm -hmm. Because you can only take so much. Yeah. It's your house, and just like she said, I'm not leaving. If I leave, he wins. And someone else has to fight the same battle. Mm-hmm. So this battle ends here. It's either him or me. And I'm pretty sure she knew eventually. After four years, she probably thought, it's him or me. Yeah. So I need another gun. Mm-hmm. And if he if he's on my property, again, I have a restraining order. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a shit about that. He doesn't give a shit about going to jail. He cares nothing. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's not going away. No matter what I do, he keeps fucking coming back. Steps on my property and I feel threatened. I'm going to shoot his ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I would have done the same exact thing. Like, I don't fault her for that. I don't think it was... It might have been premeditated in that... Sorry. I feel like it was premeditated in the way that she probably already resolved herself to the fact that it's going to happen eventually, me or him. Mm-hmm. He'll either kill me or I'll kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was any more premeditated than that. She probably knew it was going to happen. She just didn't know when or how or what the circumstances were going to be. And at the end, when you hear her talk about it, like she is like, I'm she's sure crying. You she's took like, a life. And she's like, I, I went back and second guessed myself. Like, well, could I have done something different? And could I, not? she said, but every time I go back, I think it was either him or me. It was either going to be oh, him see? coming in and yeah. shooting me or, um, I, either him or my dad was going to, sh- either me mm-hmm. or my dad was going to shoot him, mm-hmm. you know, because he just wouldn't, he wouldn't stop. Or and God course, forbid he hurt some one of her friends that's there mm-hmm. or, you know, what if she leaves to go out of town and a friend stays in her house and then now that person's death is on her conscience, you know? So And like neighbors said that it was like they, some neighbors had even called about him being mentally disturbed and like they're being a mentally like they would see him. You know how like in um, some parks where they have those old like standalone barbecue pits that are like in the ground, mm-hmm. they would see him out there with like leaves and like tongs and he was like acting like he was barbecuing and he was like eating the leaves in the backyard. In parks. In parks. Aww. You know, so, like, he obviously had mental problems, and it's sad that multiple people called. So maybe there is some truth to what you were saying where he really did think that... I think in some moments, like, when he called a locksmith, I don't think he... I think I think he did that because he knew she was home, 
right? Like, he knew she was home. Mm -hmm. But, like, the burglar bars, I think he was like, how are people getting in my house in the moment? How are people getting in my house? How is this happening? And then when he sees her, I think he snaps back, and then he's mad, like, this bitch is in my house, so she keeps taking my house from me. And then I think in moments, I think he's like, that's my house. And then he remembers, like, oh, no, that's not my house. And now he's mad that it's not his house. And that's when he's, like... Back and forth and back and forth. And because he's stuck in that that movie that he has in his head, Mm -hmm. he can't. He can't get out of it. So evidently his wife did sell the house because if she, no, it was in foreclosure. So she just left it. Well, she didn't because that happened in like Oh, 90, that was the, the next owners. So. Mm-hmm. But the last owners just left it and that's why it was in foreclosure in the bank. And I'm sure people who went to look at it, I'm sure there were times he was there. And even if he, like, can you imagine what that realtor went through? Or <laughs> Can we just sell this house already? Shit, I'm tired of coming here. Because you know he had to be there when she was showing it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that standing at the end of your What driveway? about a picture of the girl? Does she still? No, I don't. She yeah, still lives there. She does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She still lives there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, so, so yeah. that was a really good story. Yeah. Something unusual that we haven't covered before. Yeah. So and good I just, story. I feel bad for him. Yeah. and I, He got lost in the system. I hate, and we know so many people get lost in this mental, the mental part. Like, I understand that just like so many other types of people, they get, they're like a, they fall in the cracks. So many people have different mental disorders and they need help. And I know we don't have big enough places and money and resources to help every single person. And I get that and I respect that. But these people like him that have so much, four years with just one person of documented harassment and stalking and breaking restraining orders and, you know, calling people to tote, all that stuff. Breaking into other neighbors' houses and... With just that one person. Not to mention... The other nine years, he stalked and harassed people prior to her. That's mm-hmm. documented. And nothing changed. And I understand that when the police get there, because I in watching that, which that's a really good series, by the way, the Obsession Dark series, it's about stalking. And it is, it is really sad. I, I feel bad for the police because people will say, oh, they're stalking me and they'll get to the house and there's no crime. And I get it because people lie. Right. People, Mm -hmm. some some people make up stuff or they think somebody was there and there's no proof. And of course, you're you're not guilty until you're proven in a court, proven innocent or guilty in a court of law. I get that. So if you say somebody's stalking you and you call the police, the police come out. There's no proof that somebody's been there. Then they can't charge anyone just because you said it. And I get that. And I respect that. But, but if someone is, is stalking funny you, thing. but if someone is stalking you, there's so much equipment you can get a ring. You you have your mm-hmm. phone. So this day and age, if it's really happening, it's easy to document now. It is. Yes. Back then, it was a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. But I would have. I would have got. I would have gotten a home, a home security system with a camera. So there's no question. Yeah, look, there he is, right there. He's on my property. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do something, something bad's going to happen. You know as well as I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is she Texas. knew that that's where that was headed. Yep. I mean, we all kind of knew it was, I mean, because we covered the podcast. Yeah. I knew it was either him or her. Yeah. Right? Right. I feel bad for any relatives he may have that they didn't know he was going through that. Or I just, I hate that he suffered alone. Yeah. I hate, I hate that he didn't have anybody to come check on him to take care of him in his mm-hmm. older years when he got out of jail. Because that would have, probably would have solved this whole, it wouldn't have been an issue. Because mm-hmm. they would have been able to be like, look, that's not your place anymore. She's gone. Stay here. You're good. So. Yeah. Rest in peace. Donald Pennington. Donald Pennington. And I'm really glad that Nikisha mm-hmm. still lives in the house. Yeah. You go, girl. That's right. Protect with yours. Especially that's when right. you work so hard for it, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a wrap, y'all. Thank you for listening and supporting and sharing and... Going with us on our going with crazy us on adventures. Our adventures, which we love. <laughs> so um, 
We love you guys. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.